Welcome. Psalm 119 is famously the longest psalm and the longest chapter in the entire Bible. It's also an amazing psalm, fascinating in its structure and the more we study it, the more insight we have on just why the Bible is so important and so valuable to us. My name is Keith Simons, I'm a Bible teacher from England and I present these talks on how to understand the King James Bible using the Psalms. When we turn, as we're doing today, to Psalm 119, today we're going to look at the first eight verses of it. And the heading of those eight verses in the King James Bible is the word Aleph. And if you should turn to verse 9, you'll see the heading Bet. And verse 17 has the heading Gimel. And in the same way, as you go through the psalm, each group of eight verses has one of these titles. If you are not familiar with the Hebrew alphabet, you might wonder what these strange words mean. If you are familiar with the Hebrew alphabet, you'll have recognised that each of those titles is one letter in turn of the Hebrew alphabet. This gives us a clue as to the poetry of this psalm. Each verse, each group, sorry, of eight verses begins with the letter in the heading. So the first eight verses begin with the letter of the Hebrew Bible, Aleph. Aleph is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It's not like in English letter A, because uh, the Hebrew letter Aleph is in fact a silent letter. Um, so we've seen alphabetical psalms before in our studies. A few weeks ago we looked at Psalm 111 and the week after that we looked at we looked at Psalm 112. They are both alphabetical psalms but nowhere near as long as this psalm. The other outstanding characteristic of Psalm 119 is its frequent references to the Bible. Almost every verse has a word which refers to the Bible. So in verse 1 we see the law of the Lord. In verse 2 we see his testimonies. In verse 4 we see thy precepts. In verse 5 we see thy statutes and so on. And these are all referring in a different way to the Bible or to the commands and teachings of the Bible or to some aspect of God's word. This is a psalm in praise of God's word. You could say, as it's got a section for each of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, that the letters of the on the pages are rising up to praise the message, the word of God that, that they are testifying to. 
the letters themselves are praising God for his word. Psalm 119 is famously a difficult psalm. It's not difficult because the words are difficult. In the Hebrew Bible, most of these verses have just six words. They're rather longer in English. Um, but it is difficult because it feels repetitive. It feels to be making the same point over and over. And uh, that's why we need to take time over this psalm. We need to examine it, maybe maybe read it in a time of prayer, maybe taking just one verse and thinking about it over and over in order to gain the benefit of the meaning of these, these passages. And as we do so, the more attention we give to this psalm, the more meaningful it becomes to us. So let's begin today. We're looking, as I say, at verses 1 to 8. We'll begin at verse 1. And as I say, all these verses begin in the Hebrew language with that letter in the heading, the letter Aleph. Verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed. It means truly happy. It's the same word that begins the book of Psalms. Psalm 1-1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And we see this at a number of points through the book of Psalms. Psalms that begin with the word blessed. Psalm 32, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Blessed, truly happy. Who are the truly happy in this world? Are they the wealthy? Or those who are strong and in good health? Or those who have successful families? No, says Psalm 119. You must look at something else. You must look at their relationship with God. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. So who are the truly happy? The undefiled. In English, that means the clean. Undefiled, you defile yourself if you get yourself dirty or unholy. You are defiled. So the undefiled are those who haven't done that. But in the Hebrew Bible, the word being translated there really means perfect. Blessed are the perfect in the way. It's not in the Hebrew a negative word like undefiled. <laughs> it's a positive word. These are the people who are work, walking perfectly in the way. What way is that? God's way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. These people are walking perfectly in the way, in God's way. And if you think about it, they have to walk perfectly in God's way. Because if you don't walk, walk perfectly along a path, you're not walking along that path. If you stray off that path onto the grass verge, if you stray 
away from the path, you're not in that path. Blessed are the perfect in the way, the undefiled in the way. Blessed are those who do not leave the path which God has set down, who do not leave the way which God wants them to live. Yes, that blessing, that true happiness is for those who remain in God's way, who walk in the law of the Lord. The word law in the Bible needs a bit of explanation. It's a Hebrew word, Torah. And uh, if you refer to the Torah as a section of the Bible, you're referring to the, the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. The first five books of our Bible, the books of Moses, they're sometimes called. And it, it, at the time when the Psalms was written, uh, the, the only part of the Bible that existed was the Torah. These books, these books that we sometimes call the law. But the word Torah itself doesn't really mean law in the modern sense of rules and things that you've got to obey. Rather, it means how God has taught us to live. It means teaching. God's Torah is God's teaching. In other words, those books teach us how God wants his people to live. And it is that way which God's people should live. They should live in accordance with what God has taught them in his word. And that is the way that they are walking along. Now, some of you might say, well, if God's way is Jesus, I don't have to obey the law. Ah, but God hasn't got rid of his law. God's law still applies. What God declared to be true and the right way to live to Israel's people so long ago is the right way for Christians to behave today. Jesus didn't teach people that they could go around murdering people and committing adultery, that all they had to do was uh, invite him into their lives and then do what they like. No, Jesus taught people that they were to invite him into their lives, but they were to turn from sin. They were to, to turn from evil deeds. They were to learn how to live with God's help in the way that God approves of, that that was the way that they should live. Of course, there are laws that only applied to Israel's people. They were never intended for people from the other nations. But the relationship with God that those laws teach it's a relationship with God that all people, and especially God's people, should follow today. God's moral laws, laws about what's right and what's wrong, have not changed. Verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and that seek him with the whole heart. God established a covenant, a relationship, a relationship of promises, with Israel's people, and he gave them his testimonies as evidence of that. And so we see things like the Ark of the Covenant, the sacred box in the most holy place of the temple, described as a testimony. And the Ten Commandments are described as testimonies. They are the witnesses to God's covenant. And so the author of our psalm says, blessed, truly happy, 
are those who keep God's testimonies, who keep God's covenant, covenant, who remember that relationship of promises that they have with God and live by that. And what's more, they don't do it reluctantly. They don't do it uh, because they feel that they're forced to obey God. No, these are the people that seek God with the whole heart. These are the people who've chosen God to be their God, who love God, and that is why they keep his testimonies. That is why they walk or live in his law, verse 1. That is why they are the undefiled or perfect in the way. Now, someone might read this and say, just a moment, are there any such people? Are there people who keep perfectly to God's way, who, who, who live totally in accordance with what God has directed in his teaching, his law, who, who keep his covenant totally and seek him with the whole heart? Are there any such people? And the answer is, in a sense, all God's people are such people. If we turn to the last verse of Psalm 119, verse 176, and I have to flip quite a few pages to find it. There we are. Verse 176. I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. There we see that the author of this psalm was not living perfectly by God's standards. And you might say there's no one who does. But just a moment, what is the place that God has placed his people to? He's given them righteousness, a right relationship with himself through Jesus Christ, through Jesus dying for them. They receive God's righteousness. So they are living for God. Yes, sometimes they wander astray, but God brings them back into that right relationship. And when they are in that right relationship, they are, as this psalm describes, they are seeking God with the whole heart. They are obeying God's law. They are doing the things that God wants. And so God's blessing is upon them. That true happiness is theirs. Verse 3 continues with these perfect standards for God's people. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Iniquity means sin or evil deeds. Yes, when you're following God's law, you do not commit sin. When you're obeying what God has taught, when you're seeking God with the whole heart, you're not doing wrong and evil deeds. Instead, you're walking in the way that God approves of. You're living by God's standards. And it is this that the Bible brings us back to time and again with its instructions and its directions. How we can live as pleases God, not in our own efforts, not by our own power, not by our own strength, but by what God is doing in our lives. First four. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Do you notice a change from the first three verses? The first three verses refer to God as him or his. From now on, for the rest of the psalm, we're in prayer mode. 
From now on, we're talking thou, thy. We're speaking directly to God. We've, we've heard this statement that the blessed are the undefiled in the way, and we know our shortcomings. We've heard this statement that God's people who are seeking him with the whole heart also do no iniquity. And we know our shortcomings. So we turn to God in prayer about the defects, the things that we are doing wrong. And we pray, Lord, thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Yes, we've heard your words. We've heard your commands of God. We've heard that you've directed us to keep them. But we can't do it in our own strength. We're dependent on you. We need you to move among us, to work in our lives. Precepts. It's a word that only appears in the book of Psalms. It, it appears uh, in no other part of the Bible, the Hebrew word. And it only occurs, I think, three times apart from in Psalm 119. When it occurs, I don't know, 15 or 20 times. This word for precepts, it seems to mean that God has visited us to place before us his word. God's word is something that God has entrusted to us like a treasure which he's asked us to look after. This wonderful treasure of how God has directed us to live. You have commanded us praise the author of this psalm, to keep the things that you have entrusted to us diligently, to take great care with your commands, your instructions, to follow them, to watch them so, so carefully. And in verse 5, he continues his prayer. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. God, I wish I could keep your law completely. I wish I could go in this path of, of perfect blessedness, of, of perfectly obeying you, of seeking you with, your, with my whole heart. But I, I can't do it by my own strength. I need someone else. I need you, God, to direct me, to put me on the right path, to keep me on the right path. It's only then that I can keep your statutes. The word for statute meant originally an engraved law, like the Ten Commandments, which were engraved by the finger of God on tablets, on flat pieces of stone. And that was the ancient way to record a law. And so this is, this is referring, when we see the word statutes, to what God has recorded for us, what God has revealed to us, the things about what God wants that we couldn't know from our own judgment, that we only know these things because God has taught them to us. And so just as God has taught them to us, we need God to direct our life, to direct our ways, to direct our behaviour, to put us into that path of obedience to him. And if God directs me to follow that way, Verse 6, then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. God's commandments, what God's ordered us to do, 
and I respect them. I look at them and I see them and I give them the proper place that they deserve in my life. Then if I am following them, if God has taught me to obey them, if God has shown me how to live by them, then I shall not be ashamed. I won't be ashamed before God. I won't be ashamed of what I'm doing. I won't be ashamed before the angels because I'll be living in the way you, God, want me to live. I'll be obeying you. Verse 7, and I'll be praising you, God, praising you for the wonderful gift of your law. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned their righteous judgments. Oh, he's already learning God's law to some extent. He's already starting to learn what God considers to be good and right. That is God's judgments, God's judgments about what's right, God's righteous judgments. His decisions, which he's informed us about in the Bible. The author of the psalm says, I'll praise you. I'll praise you with a heart that's doing what's right. When I'm learning your precious law, your instructions, your Bible, not just learning them as words memorised from a page, but learning them in practice, living by them, living by what God has said to be the right way to live, what God has decided. Verse 8, I will keep thy statutes. O oh, forsake me not utterly. God, I'm going to obey your law. I'm going to obey the things that you have revealed what you have recorded for us. And there is one thing that I fear. Oh, forsake me not utterly. The only thing that worries me in life, in death, is that you will turn away from me. To forsake means to leave me. Oh, this psalm all started with us keeping in the path that God's laid down, blessed on the undefiled in the way, the path, who walk, who live in the law of the Lord. But now the question is not what we do, but what God does. God, I can only keep your law if you remain with me at all times. I need you to stay with me, to direct me, to show me the way, to guide me along that way. Don't leave me, because if you leave me, that is devastating for me. No, I need you to be with me. You are my God. I put my trust in you. I obey you. I live by your standards, by your teaching, by your law. So that's our subject for Aleph, the first eight verses of Psalm 119. I hope in in a few weeks' time, it will be possible for us to return to Psalm 119 and to look at another section of it. But next week, we'll be on a different psalm. Uh, please write to me. My email address is 333kjv at gmail.com. That's 333kjv at gmail.com. And now I'm going to read you the whole of Psalm 119, when we read it as reading in church, sorry, I'm going to read to you the whole of the first eight verses 
of Psalm 119. When we read this as a reading in church, it's customary not to read the headings, the Hebrew letters, but simply to read the text of those verses. And that's what I'm going to do now. So verses 1 to 8 of Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Verses 9 to 11. 